Welcome to I Got Back Up. I'm Talia Lazarus, creator of I Got Back Up. And in August 2021, I was in a road accident. I didn't walk for 10 weeks. I had knee surgery that September and a second double knee surgery in February 22. My journey took me through greatest highs and extreme lows. We don't realize how much we take for granted until it is all taken away. The day I was able to get a glass of water all by myself was one of those little moments in life. Everyone has a story, and as humans, we always talk about when someone is back up or how something happened, but we don't discuss the middle part, the recovery, the journey, the darkness, the continuous roller coaster of ups and downs. It's a taboo subject for most, but here it's not. You have a chance to change your story, your outcome, your next chapter. You can face all your hurdles, obstacles and walls with us and those around you. You are not alone. We recover together. Today I sit down with Anna Fu, a Team GB paraclimber, blind athlete and rising star who has been blind since birth. Discover her story and journey to Team GB whilst understanding the ways she hopes to increase accessibility and inclusion in sports so more people benefit the way she has. Hey Anna, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Just, yeah, trying not to melt in heatwave. <laughs> <laughs> the London heatwave, which is, just seems to be blowing the minds of everybody. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah, it really is. So Anna and I actually met a few years ago, and it's really fun to do something like this with a, with a friend, actually. Because um, together we spend a lot of our time climbing walls or having pasta or talking about going for pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Which we still really need to do. Talking about shows a great level of organisation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about it for like six months. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so obviously today we want to hear all about your story and your journey. So um, basically, over to you. Thanks, in the limelight. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm a climber, I'm a power climber, and I've been climbing for almost four years now, which is a bit crazy. Um, it's evolved into a bit of an addiction. Um, it's the first sport that I've ever really done, um, because I have been blind since birth, haven't had any vision whatsoever since, oh my god, I keep forgetting the year, 20, <laughs> 2014. Um, and just growing up, there wasn't really ever a sport that was like both accessible and something that I actually wanted to do. Um, so I went to uni and then I think signed up for the Freshers' Fair event thing because there was like free food and then just kind of kept going back and met a really cool community of people, both kind of power climbers but also just other climbers. And then a year, yeah, a year later, I joined the GB power climbing team. And I've been on the team for three years, although slight interruptions because of a certain virus. <laughs> um, and yeah, I've just, I, I think I've been really lucky just to have some amazing opportunities, both kind of in terms of indoor climbing, but outdoor climbing. And it's just, yeah, it's been quite life changing, I think. Yeah, no, I completely understand. So, what, what happened when you were younger? Kind of, because obviously you did have partial vision to start, didn't you? Yeah, I was like registered blind and I thought I could see loads but apparently I couldn't so that's fun. It's all relative. Um, but I have an eye condition that was meant to remain stable and I was told it would remain stable but turned out it didn't. Um, we were life surprises. Um, it was like summer of year 9, so I think I was 14 and I just lost my vision 
went to A and E at Moorfields and they were like, oh, it's Dungeon and Rise have died. And I was like, thanks, that's nice, bye. Um, and then from then on, it's just, yeah, it's just been kind of living in that religion. But I think I was quite lucky in that because I had so little, a lot of the kind of mechanisms like using assistive technology and using a cane, um, they were already things that I was familiar with. So in terms of adapting, like it wasn't too bad. And to be honest, like I don't think I really had time to dwell on it. I just had to get on with it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's kind of where we're at. And obviously since then it's it's nice because it's been completely stable because it can't get any worse. And it's a lot easier to explain to people now. So yeah. It's nice that you find, I wouldn't say, you, you, you talk about it in quite a light kind of way, like you sit here and even though as you go through it, you, you laugh in a way about yeah. it, which, uh, which is almost, it's a perspective, isn't it? It's, it's how you've been able to uh, understand yeah. whatever's going on. I think so. Like, there are some days, I'm going to be honest, when it annoys me, like when the general public are like, <laughs> just, <laughs> just being a bit problematic. Or like when things aren't accessible, and um, I think certainly growing up things were a lot harder. Um, I think like the school I went to wasn't great in terms of the fact that I dealt with a lot of discrimination to the point when it became really normalised. Which I mean, anyone listening to this will know that that's just not good. Um, but I think on the whole, like I can't change it. It's I can't control the situation, but I can control how I deal with it. So. I think I'm really lucky that I've been able to place myself in situations and places and I've been able to meet people who are accepting, who are inclusive. And I think me being able to say that, I recognise how privileged I am in that respect. Um, but yeah, it, I don't think kind of, yeah, I think I can be quite lighthearted about it and I'm kind of really grateful that I've been able to kind of come to terms with that and get to that position. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then obviously discovering climbing, you're talking about communities <laughs> and, and finding different people or, or different sports and things like that. Did climbing change your life? I think so. It definitely did. Um, I've got a lot physically stronger, which <laughs> which is always nice and always helpful when you need someone to open a jar. But like, I think just, I never really knew many people with kind of disabilities or health conditions before and it's just... Like the openness and the inclusivity and just the way that people are so welcoming in that space is just it's just so incredible. I don't think words can fully describe it. Um, so you know, if you are listening to this and it's a space you think that you'd be able to benefit from, then I'm sure I can ask Talia to, to drop some some links in the description. Um, but it is the people and the sport, and it, yeah, it has been life changing. Yeah, how do you feel when you're on the wall? Like, how does it make you feel? I'm going to be honest, and like, I think, on the whole, like, it's a great feeling, and it's, like, it's really nice being able to focus kind of on a specific route, and, like, it's a great distraction from life, and it's really exhilarating. But I'm not going to say it's always great, like, there are definitely times when I get scared, like, I used to have this massive thing with bouldering. Like, I would have got bouldered because I was so scared of falling. And, like, my coach, Manuel, got a good Manuel plug, has <laughs> done a lot to slowly kind of get me over that fear. And I still get scared of leading, like, when I'm above the cliff. So, I'd love to say that it's great all the time. But I think, like, it's not like these things aren't linear. But I think, in a way, like, being able to challenge myself and being able to push my boundaries, that is another reason that I do love the sport um 
so yeah, that's not to say I don't love climbing. I do really, really love climbing, but it's not always. It doesn't always go to plan. I don't think it's good to talk openly about that. In a way that you can almost translate that into everyday life, can't you? I mean, everyday life doesn't go to plan. Yeah, exactly. Do you, have you taken things from what you've learned on the wall and in climbing in general into your everyday? It's one of those things that I don't think I consciously try to do it, but I think subconsciously I probably have. I think with situations where you feel kind of anxious or you feel pressured, um, like I think climbing subconsciously probably has contributed to me being able to deal with those situations a bit better. So yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. And uh, it's, uh, it's definitely an interesting thing. Um, so kind of, you know, would you say, you know, when you are outdoor climbing as well, because obviously there's the difference between the indoors and the outdoor climbing. <laughs> yeah, but what, what, how do you feel that it's different? Um, I think, well, firstly, like, I guess you can't rip, well, you can talk about outdoors and like sandstone and stuff, but the actual the physicality of the type of climbing you're doing is different in that, like, when you're leading, you're obviously not clipping into pictures, you're clipping into pictures, or if you're really brave, you're placing track in. <laughs> but I think also just being in the natural kind of landscape is just, it's just so lovely to be in nature and to be mm -hmm. in the fresh air and to be outside. But equally, kind of, I do recognise that what comes with that for some people, for some power climbers, can be kind of access challenges, like long approaches for people um, who perhaps kind of aren't able to, to like manage those really long distances or just like crazy terrain. So I think the outdoors is an amazing space and I love climbing outdoors, um, but it's not necessarily, I think we still, there's still a long way to go um, with making it fully inclusive. And that's to be said for indoor climbing as well. And obviously the other main difference is that the routes aren't marked out by colour. So when I'm being like, so on the wall, I'm basically constantly beta sprayed. I think that's the easiest way to explain it. Um, <laughs> so someone's telling me kind of where the holes are on the route. And outdoors, like I, I do kind of have, uh, I'm getting some instructions to a degree, but I feel like I have a lot more freedom. And mm -hmm. it's just really, really nice. And yeah, I need to get outdoors more. Um, yeah. Where's your dream outdoor route? Anywhere in the world, I'm not just talking about the UK, anywhere. I don't have a specific route in mind, I'll be honest. Like, I'd love to be one of those people that has the time to like diagnose <laughs> and like know everything about outdoor routes, but I don't. I think the favourite place I've climbed were the sea cliffs um, in Rossily in Wales, so maybe something else on a sea cliff. But in general, I don't know, I was going to say I really, really love like techie slabs, but actually, recently I've been trying to push myself out my comfort zone more and try like more dynamic kind of comp style. Mm -hmm. like overhanging kind of powerful stuff and I don't know, I don't know if I'd say this but I'm kind of starting to enjoy it <laughs> so I don't really know that's my answer, a very indecisive and answering question but no, it's, it's you know what, the indecision is almost good because then it's, you know you, you've got more, you've got options and it's almost more exciting yeah. to have more options exactly, what I will say in this weather is that a deep water solo would be very well, nice right now yeah, definitely. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to go down after this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, four hour drive. <laughs> I'm sure the motorways are pretty backed up right now with everybody heading down to the coast. Yeah, I think everyone's got the same idea. Yeah, everybody. That's what happens in the London heat wave. <laughs> yeah. 
So obviously, again, when you're talking about climbing outdoors, you have a lot more freedom. And then when you're indoors, you follow, what is it the clock system? Yeah, as I remembered. So mm-hmm. it's a system of like a clock where the limb that's not moving, so the corresponding hand and foot, is like the centre of the clock. And then the, dist- the um, angle of the hole is relative to that. And then we also use a system of letters which indicate how far away the hold is from the hold that's the reference point. It sounds very complicated, but it does work, I promise. Um, although I'm going to say I did steal the system from Jesse Dufton, so I'm not going <laughs> to take any credits for it at all. Um, but yeah, it works. You know, it does work. I find we've climbed together. It does work. It does work. It does work. It does work. When I'm shouting to you, one o'clock, two o'clock. <laughs> But then sometimes I forget the time, and I have to tell myself the time. So, uh, but it does work. It does work. Um, and what what advice would you give to somebody in, I'd say, a similar situation, but also a dissimilar situation? Anybody that's going through something, and they're considering they're considering a sport like climbing. Because climbing can be a pretty scary sport, and they're hesitant to start. I say, well, what would you say to them? I think it's quite hard to give like generic advice because everyone's in such a different situation and has kind of different levels of opportunity to engage with things. But I think if you are able to engage, then kind of do try and you can always, I don't know, for you to message me about anything or have any questions that could help with that engagement, I'm obviously happy um, to respond to people. I think, yeah, if you are able to, it it could be life changing. Um, definitely an advocate for climbing. Get that ready. <laughs> and uh, I just want to ask, how with everything that has happened, obviously yeah. with it being you know losing your vision quite young, how do you feel like it affected you mentally? Um, I think it's difficult to say. So like at the time, I don't think I really processed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, this cannot get in the way of anything. I had like. I was going into GCSE years, which yeah, I remember is really not a fun time. <laughs> and like the discrimination I was doing with at school, like I think up to access work, I think I got kicked out of my maths class at one point because the teacher like wouldn't teach me all good times. Um, <laughs> like that kind of started before I lost my sight anyway. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have time to fully reflect on it. I think now like it hasn't had a horrendous mental impact on me, I'll be honest, I'm really lucky. And it would be, I often think about what it would have been like to learn to climb when I had some sight. Because obviously this massive, uh, sorry, I realise I'm slightly veering away from the question, but one massive component of climbing is that looking at the problem of the room and kind of solving it. I like, I don't know, it would have been cool to be able to do that. And I can do that when I'm projecting stuff, mm-hmm. to be fair, and like, I'm more familiar with it. So I think I've been quite lucky in that I've been able to live with it, tolerate it, <laughs> um, and now it's a lot easier to explain people than rather than like I can see this but not this and yeah, um, but it just it is what it is. Yeah. So in a way, you kind of wish you could have started climbing earlier. I think so. I think it would have helped me. Um, yeah, I think it would have been helpful just in terms of. I don't know, self confidence, and like I said, it was life changing. So it would have been nice to have that earlier, but it happened when it did. And you know, if it, if it happened earlier, maybe I wouldn't have met all these really great people. So I can't really complain. Exactly, and we'll throw in everything, I guess, happens 
you know, for a reason in a way sometimes. And that's, that's I guess, what you're saying is had you have started earlier, you may not have, you know, you may not have met half the people you've met and experienced half the things you've experienced. And yeah. it's all relative, isn't it? Yeah, and because I started by accident and didn't really have our climbing, um, <laughs> I'd say it was probably an opportune moment to start what I did. Yeah. No, and it makes sense. And I guess that's the thing is, is it's almost you're never too old to start anything. That's yeah. that's kind of the thing, isn't it? Um, you don't have to be. And I, I mean, I know when I watch the kids, you know, the, the kids climbing, and so I say they're strong. <laughs> they're so strong. There's this twelve-year-olds that are unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and I even I sometimes sit back and I wish, wow, I wish I'd started climbing earlier. Yeah. But again, if I had, then it's, it's one of those things, you you wouldn't then be where you are and met the people that you've met, probably not moving forward. No, exactly. I do wonder, like, I was so fearless as a child, whether my <laughs> head game, if I started earlier, would be better, but I think you're definitely right. Um, these, these things just, they do happen and they do fall into place. Yeah. Um, yeah, and definitely, you know, not thinking about how much stronger I could have been. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, maybe ten years time, you'll uh, you'll be even stronger. Yeah, that is true. You're, you're never too old to train. <laughs> exactly, you're never too old to train. So, and I just want to ask, why did you, you know, why you were ab- advocating across, you know, obviously climbing and things like that? But how come, you know, why are we sitting here? Um, I think it's really. Well, firstly, I love climbing, which goes without saying, and I love talking about climbing and anything to do with climbing. And I think that I I really like what Talia is doing with this platform in terms of sharing stories and raising awareness. And I don't know, I'm hoping that some of what I've, I've said is maybe relatable to someone in, in some way. Maybe it's useful. Um, hopefully, that's the aim. Um, if not, then I guess this is a bit awkward. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that, it, yeah, it's just really important to show you that there is a representation of lots of different people in the climbing community, not both in terms of, I think representation sometimes can be a bit of box-ticking exercise, but I don't know, I, I guess I just want to show people that they can climb or they can, it doesn't have to be climbing, that you can do whatever sport you want to do, and if it is climbing, then there are people trying to make it more inclusive and more accessible, and maybe it will benefit someone. Yeah, I mean, the community's great with climbing. It's a great community, um, and it, it's you know what you said. It's it's this is why I'm here. It's if like anyone can take anything from this and moving forward, even if they're not a climber, and it doesn't matter what you've been through. If anyone can take anything from it, then yes, yeah, it's the important thing. Hopefully, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just awkward. <laughs> I think that's like the worst thing I've ever said. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. <laughs> You know, you, everyone tries to, you try to do things and you, you, you want to help people and show uh, different things to people and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. That's true. It's, uh, life is just a learning process in a way. That is also very true. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's almost like if you're on the wall sometimes and, you know, you feel like you can do something and sometimes if you can't, and it can be awkward. Yeah, it can. <laughs> but then you can try to complete it. Exactly. Yeah. There's always 
there's always a way to solve the problem. Exactly, there's always a way to solve the problem. And if it's not A or B or C or D, there's a number of other ways you can try. Exactly. Just don't tell me to die in because I will refuse. <laughs> I should know that, that's not true. I'll be open to trying a bit, it probably won't work. <laughs> When you were a kid, you may have dino, but you know what? We're going to make sure you're dino when we in, what should we do, like a few years? Yeah, give it 10 years. Yeah, give it a year. I know, you peak at like 25 or 26, so give me three or four years. Okay, in three, to, in three to four years, you guys have heard it. It's here, it's in, well, it's in video, but it's in writing as well. We're going to get you to dino. Yeah, let's do it. Maybe I'll even enter one of those. Do you know what, like, the climbing more like fun comps, they have those random dino comps? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't hear what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not backtracking, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to do this. You've seen it here, it's going to happen. So we'll get it out there. Anyway, no, this is great. Is there anything else you want to say or chat about? Um, I don't know if I have anything else like, particularly coherent to say, but yeah, um, just I guess if you've got to this point, then. Thanks for listening. <laughs> and thanks, Talia. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you for finishing for me. So, yeah, thank you for listening. And, um, yeah, it was great to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. No worries. Right. See you when I was listening on the wall at some point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Come down to the walls and, and you'll find Anna, myself, sometimes. And, uh, yeah, we, we can all climb together. Thank you, Anna. It's always a pleasure to hang out with you. And if you find that you're intrigued by rock climbing or any sport, but you're not quite sure you're willing to give it a go, remember, it's the sport and the people that changed Anna's life. You're never too old to start anything. Thanks for listening. See you on the next episode.